Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, without any shadow of a doubt, today is a day to thank God. And therefore, ladies and gentlemen, before we begin, I would ask you just to kindly, wherever you are, just lift your hands and just thank God. Just thank him for who he is. Thank him for what he has done. Thank him for all that he's about to do. Thank the Lord on your behalf that you are here, that your loved ones are here, that thank him for the fact that he is God and there is no one like him. We are grateful. We are grateful. We celebrate with everybody who has come together to give thanks. We are grateful. We are grateful. And Father, we ask for the grace of brevity. We ask for the grace of insight and understanding as we come into your word. We pray that your word does exactly what you said it would do. Encourage, edify, and comfort. We pray, my Father, that by the time we are done, may we be different. And we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, your Savior. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, as we gather today to give thanks, we realize that thanksgiving and praise are central to our relationship with God. They are central. There are five things that Jesus Christ has made possible and that the Holy Spirit empowers us to do. And they form the fabric or the foundation of our relationship with the Lord. The first one is the Bible, which is obvious. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. And through him, we understand the Word of God by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The second strand, ladies and gentlemen, is prayer. And prayer is where we have the ability to reach to God with all our hearts and ask him for whatever we need and also discover from him whatever he needs us to know. That is made possible through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said in John chapter 14, reading from verses 12 to 14, that whatsoever you ask the Father, paraphrasing, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will grant you. And there are many other verses to look at. We also realize that prayer is made possible by the person of the Holy Spirit, whether that is when he inspires you to pray for something, or whether that is when he empowers you to pray. The third part of our relationship with God that Jesus Christ made possible is worship. And worship, ladies and gentlemen, in simple terms, worship is where we acknowledge, thank, and celebrate the fact that God is who he says he is, and that he will do what he says he will do, and most of all, that he will be willing to do so on our behalf. And worship, ladies and gentlemen, is made possible by the person of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in John chapter 4, reading from 22 to 24, paraphrasing again, that the Holy Spirit will enable us to worship the Lord, for we are to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. The fourth strand is obedience, where we through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, are able to obey the Lord, to do what he says, 
be empowered by Jesus. Philippians 4.13 says so, that we are strengthened to do what God wants us to do by the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And finally, we come to giving, where we, ladies and gentlemen, not only do we bring that which we have, but we present that who we are to the world around us. So you, ladies and gentlemen, for your information this morning, you, through the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the fact that he has saved you, and the fact that he has surrounded you and brought back to the fore the reason you were created. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are somebody else's miracle. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is our relationship with God. Through this relationship, we are changed as people. So today, ladies and gentlemen, it is apt that we focus on one section of that relationship. And that is thanksgiving. The last thing I would like to say about the strands of our relationship with God is this. Prayer, the Bible, worship, obedience, and giving never work in isolation. It is always a cooperation of all of them that brings the miracles we are asking for. In the very same way, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit work in tandem, in cooperation with one another. So the things of our relationship with God work together. So my prayer life is improved when I study the Bible. My worship life is improved because my prayer life brings a closeness to God. My giving is improved because the Holy Spirit guides me through my relationship, my ob- and so on and so forth. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we look at the subject of thanksgiving. It might be whistle-stop, but that's okay. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we realize when we talk about thanksgiving and worship, thanksgiving, when we give thanks to God, what I'd like you to remember about thanksgiving or to know about thanksgiving first and foremost is this. Thanksgiving and worship and praise, ladies and gentlemen, invariably connect us with all that God is and all that God can do. One scripture I'd like you to read with me, and I'll read from the King James Version of the Bible. Psalm 22 verse 3 says exactly that, much better than I can say it. And that is, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. When you give thanks and praise, as you have already done this morning, please understand that do not be under the impression, kindly, that nothing happens. It is not a way to salve a feeling of impossibility that I can't fix it, so I'm going to praise God. When you praise God, something always happens. You may not realize it immediately, but it always does. And because praise and thanksgiving connects the God you serve with the circumstances you face. Are we together? Let me say that again, that when you give thanks to God, it connects the God you serve with whatever circumstances 
you and I face. And so our example, ladies and gentlemen, when we are looking at things like this, has to be our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we realize that meant Jesus lived a life of thanksgiving. For those, um, if you would come with me, I will go quite quickly. Turn in your Bibles if you can. John chapter 11, verse 41. John chapter 11, verse 41. And I will read from the King James versions of the Bible. For those of you that do not know the story, Jesus is at the grave of his friend. The gentleman has been dead for four days. So this is what we call a bona fide crisis. And listen to what Jesus does. Verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou always hearest me. But because of this people which stand by, I said it that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Verse 43 is the famous verse. And when he had thus thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, being bound hand and foot. So when Jesus was confronted with a crisis, notice what he did. When it came to crunch time, he turned to his father in thanksgiving. And in that moment, he connects the God he serves with the circumstance that he faced, and there was a change. Come with me, please, again to Matthew chapter 15. I did say that Matthew chapter 15, and we're going to read one verse of Scripture, verse 36. Matthew 15, verse 36. Jesus is presented with another challenge. He needs to feed four to 5,000 people. And the Bible says, I'll read from 32 for context. Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I will not send them away fasting, lest they faint in the way. And his disciples say unto him, When should we have so much bread in the wilderness as to fill so great a multitude? And Jesus saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? And they said, Seven, and a few little fishes. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves, and this is our focus, and he took the seven loaves and the fishes and gave thanks And break them and gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And the Bible says, and they did all eat and they were all filled. And they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets full. Jesus is confronted with a crisis again. Not so much that he didn't know what to do, but notice how he connects who his father is. Because ladies and gentlemen, God is the God who provides in abundance. You will notice when God provides, that is who he is, Jehovah Jireh. He always provides more than you require. When God comes through, he never gives you just enough. He will always give you more. 
Jesus gives thanks to him. And so when we say thanks, and we're going to break that down in a moment, when we say thanks, he literally connects all that God is to the circumstance he's facing, and he does so by acknowledgement, whether it be by prayer, whether it be by praise. He lifts his voice and he thanks God. He doesn't thank God because he's in a crisis. He thanks God because God can be trusted. And this is who God is. That then connects all that God is with where the situation he is facing. And notice the bread and the fish multiply. May it be so with you if that is the challenge you are facing. We also realize that Jesus gives thanks for some of the things we may not realize. Come with me to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11, verse 25. Jesus is speaking, and he's not necessarily speaking to any one of us. And The Bible says, and at that time, Jesus answered and said, the Bible does not record that anyone spoke to him, so he's answering something that's a reality on his inside. And he says, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth of the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. And then on the back of what God has revealed to him, he makes this famous statement. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So ladies and gentlemen, what we realize is this. When Jesus comes to this situation, he's not facing a crisis, but he acknowledges something that God has done, and on the back of that, he does something else. So this is, we see thanksgiving throughout the life of the Lord. And ladies and gentlemen, this one, for me, stands apart. Please turn in your Bibles to Luke 22. The book of Luke, chapter 22. Jesus is preparing to leave the earth. And we're going to read from 17, and we will stop at 19. And I'm... What I want you to understand is Jesus is about to leave the earth and he, is, he wants to give his disciples and us through them something to hold on to, to realize that his life, death, and resurrection are our ultimate victory. So that in any situation we face, we realize we are not a victim. We are a victor because of the victory of Jesus Christ. And listen, what he, listen to what he does. Luke 22, verse 14. And when the hour was come, he sat down with the 12 apostles. Um, I'm re I'll read from 17, I apologize. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread and gave thanks 
and brake it and gave it unto them and saying, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. Verse 20, likewise also the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you. So Jesus is establishing what is commonly known as the most Christocentric thing that he ever passed across to us. That's the communion. What does the communion represent? Notice, he connects the God he serves, his father, with what he does and what he leaves behind. The communion, to summarize it, and we could go deeply into this, but not today. The communion points to two things. The broken body of our Lord and Savior presents to us healing and restoration in all its forms and manners. He says, this my body, the sacrifice of my body, extends to you an opportunity to be restored to an original state ad infinitum. He then says, my blood, which is shed for you, connects you to an eternity of walking in an unbreakable covenant with God. Let me say that again. It allows you to walk. The blood of Jesus says you are walking in an unbreakable covenant with God. Unbreakable. A covenant, ladies and gentlemen, says that because I have a covenant, the person I am connected to, who is always going to be stronger, that's why we, they built covenants, that when I am in need and I call on that person, the element of maybe has been removed. That's what covenants give you. Covenants take away the opportunity for you to say no when you are in a covenant with somebody else. And I'll, uh, you know what? Let me give you an example that may make you smile. Last week during the, the service we have before the service for workers, I was sitting at the back and I was, I was praying quietly. And it was, it was one of those moments. And then I realized that somebody was standing near me. Now I'm sitting down. So I looked up. And I realized that someone near me who refers to me as grandpa was standing about six feet from me. The moment she saw that I looked up, her arms went out and then she revved her engines and took off. And I realized that <laughs> if I don't manage this, I'm going to get knocked flying. She hit me in the chair. Hello, grandpa. Hello, grandpa. Hello, grandpa. And from that moment forward, everything else stopped. She told me about her nails told me about school, talked about my, her jumper. Did I like her bag? How are you? Where do you live? Any, where, where did you say you live? Do you like Christmas? Mommy's birthday is near Christmas. And she went, at that point, everything stopped. And to be honest, for me, everything stopped. Why? I have a covenant with that kid. I love her dearly. When you are in a covenant with someone, when you are in need, because they've cut a covenant with you, the opportunity for them to say, no, I'll do it later, is removed. And Jesus built that 
into what he left with us, which is the communion. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted you to realize that Jesus lived a life of thanksgiving, and he's an Ahara example. So much so that when he was teaching his disciples to pray in Luke chapter 11, reading from verses 1 to 4, um, I will read it. Luke 11 verses 1 to 4, Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray, and he says the following. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. And he said unto them, when you pray. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me say this really briefly. When Jesus starts teaching them how to pray, he's teaching them how he prays. Do we agree? He's teaching them how he prays. So he then says this, when you pray, say, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Where you see the words, hallowed be thy name, what is Jesus saying? He's saying, when you come into the place of prayer, give thanks to the God that you know, because that will connect that God to your circumstances and he says, do it before you make a request. And so we realize when Jesus was teaching us to pray daily, he said, make sure thanksgiving is in your world daily. So that gives us a very firm foundation. And so today we have the opportunity to give thanks. But before we go on, ladies and gentlemen, there are a couple of things I want you to know. And this is what I want you to know. The first one, ladies and gentlemen, is this. And I need to say this before I go on to the shouting part. When we are encouraged to give thanks, you may have heard this, in particular in a crisis, that we are encouraged to give thanks in all things. We are also encouraged to give thanks for all things. Let me tell you what thanksgiving is not. Thanksgiving is not a way to salve your conscience when you are facing an impossibility or a circumstance that will not change. Thanksgiving, ladies and gentlemen, is always founded on something. And the something is the faithfulness and the ability and the willingness of your God. That means in any situation that you find or you face, ladies and gentlemen, the reason you are asked to give thanks for all things, which is in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, and to give thanks in all things, ladies and gentlemen, which is in 1 Thessalonians 5, the reason being that on both sides of the coin, that means when things go well, as many of them have done this morning, but also when things are going crazy, I want you to realize God says, it is great that you give thanks. Why? Because he is still God, even though your circumstances might be a nightmare. And he can handle it. And some of us are working in jobs we hate. We are walking in situations that are dark. We are going through challenges. We are going through circumstances that do not line up with the word of God, that do not 
present us the opportunity to gather on a day like this and say, come and praise God with me. There are some very difficult circumstances that you may be facing. There are some very ones that even present the loss of life or the challenge or life-limiting challenges. And God says, give thanks in all of them. Why? Because in every situation you face, God says, connect me with what you're going through and I will invariably make it better. Invariably. So ladies and gentlemen, we come to the reason we give thanks. And the reason we give thanks is not because everything is going well. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. And it is right to give thanks when things are going well. But Hebrews 13, verse 15 says the following. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand as we come to thank God today, thanksgiving for us as believers is rooted in the victory and person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now you may say, well, how does that work? So let me run through a few. You see, Jesus gave us his name to hold on to. And that is the foundation of our thanksgiving. Because through him, in all areas, you are a victor. Let me run through a few of them so I can be clear. I will give you the references, but I will not necessarily read them. Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 to 11 says, Because of the obedience of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that anything that stands in front of you that is disobedient, it will and it must bow. The Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. Whatever you're going through, the ultimate end of it, because of what Jesus did on Calvary, is that you will praise God. James chapter 5, verses 14 to 15, the Bible says that through Jesus Christ, we have access to healing. Of all ramifications, the Bible says that by his name, when we pray in his name, healing becomes ours. And our faith in that name gives us access to access the healing that he won on Calvary. Galatians 3 verses 13 to 14. The Bible says, by virtue of Jesus' victory, he has moved you into a place where you are blessed and there is no limitation or curse that faces you. 
Revelations 5, 5 to 14, says, by the fact that he has prevailed, that any situation you face, he will ensure that you come out on top. Mark 16, 17 to 18 says that you will be able to live a life that presents to the world around you one full of signs and wonders. They will know that you serve the almighty God. We've spoken about prayer. Acts 4 verses 8 to 12 tells us that because of what Jesus has done, not only are we able to move from death to life, but the miraculous can move from God to us. And the Bible says it's all in his name. So when you are encouraged, ladies and gentlemen, to give thanks, when next you wake up, when next you are in a crisis or you're in a celebration and you start to give thanks, I want you to understand something happens. Why? Because Jesus is and was and will be successful. That is the foundation of our thanksgiving. When you lift your voices and give thanks to the name of the Lord our God. When you celebrate, when you lift up Jesus, the Bible says you are connected. You connect all that God the Father is. All that Jesus has won and is. All that the Holy Spirit is and can do with what you are facing now. In that vein, ladies and gentlemen, you have every right to live a life of continuous thanksgiving, irrespective of your circumstances. And so I will close like this. Ladies and gentlemen, Notice I said, the last thing we said is that by the name of Jesus, we are saved. In salvation, Jesus said, is an exchange. He said, when you come to me by virtue of what has happened on Calvary, an exchange will happen. I will give you what I have. And I will take what you have. He has eternal life. What he gives to you is eternal life. What he takes from you is a life that can lead to permanent separation from the God who loves you. 
And ladies and gentlemen, that call and that offer is what I present to you today. If you don't know Jesus Christ, if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, then in this moment, I would ask, let's make that exchange. We know we have every reason to give thanks. We know this is the biggest one. And if you don't know Jesus and wherever you are in the world and wherever you're going through, wherever you're listening to me, wherever you are, let's make the exchange together. Jesus said, if you believe in your heart that I am who I said I am and that I have done what I said I will do, and you say that in a simple prayer, then it's yours. And if that's you, ladies and gentlemen, and you're in the sanctuary, you're at the base, you're on the other side of the world, in a hotel room in Calcutta or New York, wherever you may be, you happen to be watching this, then let's make the exchange. Say with me in your heart, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Come and be Lord of my life. I give my life to you. The Bible says he will invariably save you. Invariably. And if you have made that decision, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to give you as much help as we can code is on the screen behind me or there's a message in the chat we ask that you click on it, scan the code, follow the link and we will come alongside you and the Bible says that whenever somebody gives their life to Christ there is a celebration in heaven and so ladies and gentlemen for those that we know about and those that we don't Let's give thanks. Let's give thanks for what Jesus has done. Let's give thanks for those who have come into the kingdom. And it's a life-changing moment. We celebrate. We celebrate. And ladies and gentlemen, like we said, We wanted to explain what thanksgiving is before we get to the shouting part. And our thanksgiving offering is an opportunity for us to do what Jesus said we should do. And to bring it home, remember what I said. When you give thanks to God, it connects that God, the covenant-keeping God, with your circumstances so that what he promises become a reality. Turn in your Bibles, please, ladies and gentlemen, to Second Chronicles. 
Chapter 20. And I'm going to read from 14. And the Bible says the following. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, Levite, the son of the sons of Asaph, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah, ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them, and behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz. And you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Verse 17. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshipping the Lord and the Levites of the children of, and, and the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high verse 20 they are facing a challenge they cannot fix and this is what they do as we receive this Thanksgiving offering and I say this without any reservation. Something is about to change. And the Bible says the following. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. As they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, and so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Pause. I need to explain this and then we will receive our offering the focus is not the enemy the focus is what your God is about to do you see praise the word praise and the word worship and the word thanks means to extend your hand very similar to the way a child extends their hand to a parent and because you have a covenant God will never ignore you when you extend your hands but it also means it means to with your hand to do this to throw or send something that means when you thank God, 
not only do you extend your hands to him but you do this towards where you need help and God goes where your hands point the Bible said they never got to the battle to fight God fought on their behalf as you give thanks now it's not the offering it is the fact that you have a covenant with a God who will not fail you the rest will be history two things will happen he will either pick you up but he will also go where your hands point and what you cannot handle he will handle ladies and gentlemen hear my words please as you give thanks now I say without the shadow of a doubt something is about to change ladies and gentlemen God bless you